Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I don't know where we are. <laughs> oh God, I watched um, so many episodes of The World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead today. Me. To get ready. Uh, and I am, I, the stark difference. Oh, no kidding. Is, <laughs> it hurts. It, it hurts. Does. It does. But the thing is, you get trapped inside of, of the world beyond thinking, oh, this show is just poorly written. Not realizing that com- by comparison, yes, it is worse than Fear the Walking Dead. But Fear the Walking Dead is pretty shitty, too. Fear the Walking Dead's not been, you know, I let's OK. All right. All right. We have to do this. So did Tim do the thing? <laughs> Hi, folks. And welcome to Zompocalypse Now. And as you noticed, we've been talking and talking and talking before we get around to actually talking about why we're here, which is the Walking Dead universe. And currently that means Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead World Beyond. And we are playing catch up because, of course, we were doing uh, uh, Lovecraft Country and now we are back to the Walking Dead, but we've got a lot of episodes that we're catching up to. This episode is going to be a lot less of what you're used to, which is us going through and Dustin describing what's going on in the episode, uh, usually in a way which makes whatever it is we're watching much funnier than it actually is. Then Curtis asking questions and me overanalyzing things. <laughs> this is going to be a lot more of us looking at a bunch of episodes at a time because we're so behind. We're so behind. I'm actually enjoying parts of fear of the walking dead this season. I, you, I don't want to be too mean, but, but we have <laughs> world beyond. By the way, Deadwood sighting the guy who so, played Walcott and the coward, Jack McCall in Deadwood was is is apparently a main character in uh, in uh, Fear the Walking Dead. I love seeing Deadwood people show up. Yeah, you know, like, are you talking about uh, Garrett Dillahunt? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The cast the cast of Fear the Walking Dead is really really good when they're given good material. I cannot. I don't want to. I don't want to bash on the cast of Walking Dead World Beyond because. They're just, they're just doing what, tiny babies, and they're yeah. just doing what they're written, what what they're given for a script. I, I ain't, I'm not gonna pick on those guys. I'm not. I'm not even gonna pick on their characters. Just maybe their age and uh, their level of intelligence. Well, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the fundamental flaw we have to like the fundamental flaw of the world beyond is such a huge fundamental flaw. The, just the conceit of what the show is supposed to be about mm-hmm. that it makes everything that happens in that show worse. And mm-hmm. that's, we're supposed to believe that these kids have been living for 10 years inside this universe, that they are not new to this whole thing. That they're not now we're, I guess the, the further conceit is that they've been, very, very sheltered from their from the world in which they had been 
been living. Um, but at the same time, the way that these people act and the things that they do are just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes. they're young, right? And mm-hmm. and that's the thing I don't like about this show is it 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 encapsulate it encapsulates very effectively a time in a teenager's life when they're the most annoying to adults around them. Right. Very, very narcissistic, self-indulgent. I'm pretending to be an adult kind of thing. They got that on lockdown. They really do. It's just painful for me to watch because I can't, I no longer wish to relate to that sort of thing. No. Well, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, because the world that they grew up in, no matter how sheltered they are, is a world where civilization essentially fell and pockets survived. But to get back up to the point that they start this show at requires a significant amount of effort. Yeah. From the state of the world that we know from The Walking Dead main show. And for them to basically be so naive and so clueless about the world they live in. And I realize it makes for a cute little visual to have a kid venture out into the world wearing a suit to fight the zombies. (laughs) It's the dumbest damn thing. Or the kid with anger management problems who doesn't want to fight zombies. Okay. Yeah. But I actually like that character. I've watched further along than either of you have. And while there are problems with the episode where they do his flashback, and we'll talk about my problem with the way they do flashbacks in the show in a minute, because <laughs> I have real problems with it. Well, I've watched um, up until the point where they meet the magician. Right, right. So... But they have, they have the episode where they dive into, dive into the kid with anger issues. And you see how he got the where he get where he ended up at the beginning of the show, <laughs> and you, got, you get to see where he got where he got where he got exactly those words entirely. And uh, he, it's it's on the nose. It's not subtle, but it's a it's a it's a, a storyline where I'm like, okay, I get why this kid is the way he is. Right, great, but it highlights. Every time you get a flashback in the show, it highlights one of the inherent problems with the story structure of this show, which is when The Walking Dead, the original show, came along, we have these characters who we're, we're introduced to one at a time. And over time, we get the flashbacks to learn who these people are. doesn't mm-hmm. happen all at once. We don't learn who everyone is, you know, just episode after episode. We, we, they parceled it out. They gave us pieces. They built a story where we got to grow with these characters as they got to grow with each other and know who each other was. These kids have all grown up together. And I think Although it, was- it did. So at some point in, in our, in my little marathon today, it did mention that, uh, that leisure suit Larry uh, had never hung out with the girls before, because that was a big problem I had with, with their, that was a deep cut that the the, uh, the target audience of this show will never understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just had to. I had to. You because, can't, you can't because stop. 
now. My my feeling was is that you know his whole the the, the whole little mini drama that we're we're gonna roll up on is is that uh, black haired daughter uh, killed his mother on accident or in self defense or whatever. The my whole problem with that was if they have known each other for ten years growing up in the same community, they would have heard this story about how his mother, they would know these things. Like she would, she would know that his mother died that night and was a pregnant lady and might've even seen that picture that he carries around with him incessantly. And they got to talk all about it. Don't they? Well, I mean, you know, I would have thought uh, personally, but then they made a point several times, like in one episode, say it like four or five times, that they were not friends and that he just kind of like, at, you know, joined up to join up. And then when she sees the picture later, it's like, oh, okay. Now she knows. Now she know that she know, but she don't know, or he don't know that he know. And, you know, that's dumb. <laughs> yep. But. Whatever you just said was accurate, probably. So these flashbacks and how all this fits together where we get these pieces and we learn these backstories. Part of the problem with what we're doing here is that a, like everything else in the show, we've seen it before mm-hmm. and done better. And this is comparing it to a show where they spent an entire season trapped on a farm. Right. Uh, but the pacing on this show is glacial. There they is, spend yeah. They spend another entire episode in the tire fire. Yeah, another entire episode. Mm-hmm. Well, tire and, fire was a big deal. Well, except there's no sense of threat here, and a part of it comes from the way that we tell stories in American horror, they, and then that is when it comes to children. These aren't these aren't sexually active teenagers in a slasher movie. These are innocents abroad, right? They're good, they're good kids before sin juices start flowing their, through their veins. Exactly. So therefore, they are low targets in the horror genre. I think anger management is going to start like maybe tra- doing a little transference. I don't know. I think that I think that. That uh, him and and Crunchy Weave twin uh, daughter, they're gonna they're gonna start having like a there's gonna be a love triangle between him and and her and that new Holden Caulfield looking motherfucker that they introduced in, <laughs> with the magician. Like, why did we need that kid just to show up and be like, hi? I'm wearing a duster. I'll tell you exactly why we need him because we're getting to the point in the story where someone has to die. Oh yeah. No, well, yeah, and that's, that's just it. That's it's, I did actually think about that too, especially when I saw uh, Richard Smythe. Was that no? That's not his name. Smith Law, uh, the guy who plays the magician. Did you watch the magician episode? It's Scott. Uh, it's Scott as as did. Okay. He was on Thirty Rock. He's good. He's hilarious. Oh yeah, but, for sure. And quite frankly, every every scene that he's in this in that episode is actually entertaining, mm-hmm. delightful. Yeah, and that's just it. The, the problem with this show, after I mean, let, let me leave. No, let me finish this. The flashback problem. 
Okay. You're about ahead. to start a really long sentence there. <laughs> so, yeah, the problem with the show is, and then they just went. Um, <laughs> the flashback issue here is that this, the story structure, and we're all writers, right? So, so there's lots of different ways <laughs> to do this. And the flashback is a perfectly acceptable model in storytelling to bring you up to speed. And we've had some good ones. I thought that the flashback, uh, Felix's flashback to his family, I thought that was uh, good use of that flashback. Um, I actually even liked the flashback we got of little, what's his name, little doofus with the suit uh, being saved by his dad. Mm-hmm. I liked <laughs> the way they handled that. Oh, oh, oh God. But it's, where- it's not like they're avoiding the brutality, but there's nothing currently going wrong. Yeah. But, but it's where they fall in the show. I actually think this show would have been much better served if we started in the past and we stayed in the past until we get to the period where the story actually kicks off. Maybe. Because we wouldn't have seen it that way before. Well, maybe and, they had a, 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 a moment of clarity and it said, well, perhaps, and there's no way of knowing because we'll have no way of knowing that that might be redundant if we did that. Let's go into the future where no one knows what's going on and start there. <laughs> no, but I, I, there's something to be said for getting to know these characters in bulk at the beginning of the show and then you throw them in the deep end. Yeah. Because we're in the deep end, and then we keep every every time that something happens, we cut away to a scene which is much more interesting when they were a kid than the scene that we are flashing back from. And the magician is, you know, uh, uh, Tony is the name of the musician played by uh, Scott Edzett. He's more interesting than these other characters. His whole bit talking about his Vegas act, I was like, I want to see this guy traveling across the apocalypse. Yeah, I want to see his story. Give me his flashback. And, give me his, you know, give me a show about him. And you know, <laughs> they could. Him. It's it's. I feel I feel you too because like Gabrielle Anwar, the one scene that they gave her that one little snippet where she is trying to explain to the the private why they had to destroy the the community. If Gabrielle Anwar was in this show, that would be amazing, but it's Julia or Ormond. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I almost died, Tim. I'm just saying, now I want but, her to make an appearance and work uh, and, and have a scene with, with uh, Julia Ormond is what I want. I'm, but okay, but her brain. scene, but that scene where she is, you know, trying to explain why they destroy, which still unclear why they decided to destroy that community. I'm still very unclear about, but that whole moment that where she like turned on all the elect- electronics and like, you know, showed him like, we are fighting for something. And he was like, yeah, but I still don't think we needed to do that. And so she had him, you know, essentially committed uh, and then she turned on all of those things again, just for herself. Mm-hmm. And that was such a powerful, like, it showed me that, you know, this is maybe, you know, not what she signed up for either. And she's got a lot of internal things going on. And, you know, there's, there's a powerful story there, but we don't get any of that. That's just it. Because... The name of the show is The World Beyond. 
And everything we see with her, with the Civic Republic military, the, the, the CRM is a big deal in the Walking Dead universe. We got, you know, they're the ones who took Rick. Mm. They're the ones who are part of all of this thing. There's this this grand, you know, apparently through this show, they're, you know, they've got power and reach and they're they're destroying other settlements for some reason. There's a plan. This should be the show about them. That's who we should be watching this season of this show is not a bunch of kids trying to make their way in the world and miraculously surviving. It should be who, what is this organization? This show is technically the lead in to the walking dead movies where Rick comes back, which is supposed to be the big, big thing. Nobody's watching this show. We're getting all this in supposed to be getting all this information about the CRM and we get maybe a minute or two minutes per episode. And it's not every episode where we're getting these folks and these interesting storylines and this, what's going on in that lab? What are they doing to those zombies? You know, what is, what's the real story behind the CRM? Why is every time Julia or Armand on screen, the show is interesting. <laughs> and then we cut away from her 30 seconds later. We always it, fall for it, Tim. We always fall for it. This these shows are designed to make us ask questions, not to give any answers whatsoever. And we fall for it every single time. What are we? Maybe we're in a fever induced weirdness like Dustin is right now, but well, I don't get it. I don't see how I'm okay. First of all, I'm not fooled because fuck this show. I'm yeah. not interested. It's not for me. I get it. I don't even, I, I'll continue I don't, watching it because I want to know where they take the story because I want to be surprised. I want to be blown away by some genius move that they do that they sneak in. Yeah. I'm still having a hard time understanding who world beyond is supposed to be for, because like Tim said, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be getting, the lead up to the three Rick movies we were promised and through this show, but at the same time, like who like we're writing, the writing is very, we've discussed, you know, like YA, like, you know, young adult children's uh, television. But honestly, I don't think that if a kid is going to be interested or a teenager is going to be interested in zombies or gore or horror, they're going to want to have it presented to them this way. In fact, I know that for the most part because I have a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old, and when I first started watching these shows, Trinaya came and sat down with me, and she was like, is this show for, like, teenagers? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess. And she was like, ew. And she, like, got up and walked out. Well, so... We've talked about this before more than once, depending on the show, is writers, the best young adult stories are the ones that are aimed at younger audiences, but don't treat them like they're younger audiences. Mm -hmm. The writing style might be more simplistic. They may not touch on certain subjects, but they treat their audiences with respect and they treat their audiences with this, you know, there's an assumption that the audience is going to be able to follow along. Or they go, or they give them like, 
like complete bonkers craziness. Like Teen Wolf was a show for teenagers. And I loved that show because it was cuckoo bananas and honestly did not care mm-hmm. whether like if you were on board or not, it was going to do what it was going to do. And like, I remember when we started watching it, when I made you watch it a little bit, right. You know, when we were in between a walking dead season or something and you would be like, what is how I'm like, no, 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 no. You're trying to put plot and logic into this show that does not work that way. Like, you just have to let it happen. It every, did not stop me from asking every episode, how is it every home in this town has a bunker? Right. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, today, as I was watching so many, like Dustin, um, stand up about a million times. I'll tell you what, the next time... Two characters are in a room and one of them's going to go, I'm going to go over there so that you can make a safe exit. And then the other guy goes, no, you can't because we're here together. I am going to lose my fucking mind. (laughs) Well, okay. I think honestly, like we've talked enough about world beyond. The only thing I would say more about world beyond is that the sad part is, is that because they have, situations like Julia Armand's character talking about larger things that were, that are not being explained to us and implying that they're somehow beyond behind this quest. The children are on. There's an interesting mystery here. I think it's two writers trying to fuck each other, not <laughs> fuck each other, but trying to be like, okay, I'm writing this episode and you hear you change the, the, you change the story a little bit right here. I'm going to change it again. So it fucks what you yeah. just did. That's what you get, Barry. Yeah. That's what you get. That's what you, you think, you think that you can, you can uh, just, just like add a boat. We have to put in a boat, Barry. Okay. Let's you put in a it. boat, Barry. You don't interrupt me in a pitch meeting, Barry. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh no, my God. I just, there's just, there's a, there's interesting things this show could have been with the same premise. You know, the younger people dealing with the outside world, you know, even, even sheltered kids, if they just made them, they just acted like the world that they live in is the actual world that we're supposed to believe they live in. And then they did things like it's ridiculous, like, well, okay, I'm Pinky Descadero, and uh, nobody knows what to do with me, so I'm just going to go wander off. We'll see. Maybe I'll come back later and be, you know, like, diagnose stuff or whatever. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they'll send her back to, to the co- college, and they can realize finally that there's no college left to go back to. I loved uh, it. I love that. I've never been in a high school before. I'm like, you were just in a college. <laughs> Yeah, you were going to high school at the college. It, that was your high school, you idiot or yeah. dumb you line. Were, you you meet you met anger management that's how, a middle part when you went to go get your English lit homework. <laughs> Not only that, it's I've never had soda before. Ten years, really? That's really possible. no. It's not. It would be disgusting. It would have been like she would have uh, like opened it, and then like water would have poured out the top, and then like syrup would have come out the bot. Like it would have been disgusting. She would have been like, "What were why were people into this?" Except that she probably <laughs> had soda before the world fell, considering she was not an infant. 
unless her parents was like no soda for you, which is entirely possible, I suppose. But and it did explain that that they're adopted, which I, you know, was kind of waiting for a little bit to be like, why, how did well, this? They just give them all the problems. Just give them all of the problems now. Anger management's going to have wet dreams next episode. Awesome. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, it's there's it, it's it's unfortunate because there's actually a lot of potential in this show. It's not using it well. And the most interesting characters are not the folks we're supposed to be interested in. That's not good. And again, it's not the actor's fault. They're doing they're doing they're doing what they're told and they're working with the stuff they've got. And they're good. I mean, it's not like they're not good. They're just no. They're, they're just they're, their writers aren't doing them any favors. And no. I'm sorry, writers of Walking Dead: The World Beyond, get your shit together. More Julia Ormond. Come on, you people. The bad guy's got the most interesting story at this point. Yeah. That's not how you're supposed to make it work. Tell a story. Don't fuck around. Tell a story. Stop hemming and hawing and trying to screw Barry because he. Flicked your wife in the bean at a Christmas party two years ago. <laughs> we'll never forget that moment. That moment will drive drive their rage for all of time. And we all have to pay for it now. Calm the fuck down, Steve. Yeah. Bury a chance to do his job. You do the same. So anyway, uh, the other thing that's happening to us right now is, uh, is Fear the Walking Dead. I was I was just working up a transition. You want me? To, you want to hear what I'd come oh, up with? Please. Okay. Here, here's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, um, um, you know, it's all really scary. You know, fills me with a lot of fear, but not fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, that's a good one. That's although not- I will say I will say this. Um, I am actually kind of the the i was not nearly as upset or angry at my binge watch of fear the walking dead today as i was dummies 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 everywhere scooby don't scooby don't i like it <laughs> kids uh because because fear the walking dead is doing that thing that uh the flagship show did a couple of seasons ago i think it was like season 6 where they took everybody apart and like gave everybody like an individual story before they brought them all back together for the main story. Right. And I'm really digging it. Um, Overall, I am as well. I think that there's, um, I still have, the more we're exposed to Virginia's management style and plan, (laughs) the less I understand it because it seems I think she just likes to wear the hat. That there's a chance that may be it because but, I don't think whatever she's building up to it doesn't make any sense to me yet. I don't understand how she got in this leadership position because, like, I'm watching her talk to like those big old fucking dudes that are her lieutenants, who I have a feeling would be like, uh, Virginia, what are we doing, like? Okay, like that's the thing. This whole society isn't believable to me. Yeah, are we? Making- it would just be like, of course she's evil and manipulating everyone. Just cap her because you're horrible people, all of you. Right, just cap her and move on. Well, and does- and unfortunately, the fact that we live in a in a sexist society, I don't think that she would have 
had this much power. I think that somebody would have been like, okay, we'll protect you and your sister. It's Uh, like she runs their little town because she's got awkward photographs of everybody with people, not their spouses or something. It's like, that's the angle she's kind of trying to work. You know, those types of things like, Oh, I'll put your wife in a box and maybe I'll let her see, let you see her eventually. If you do what I say, it's like, no, tell me where the box is or I'm going to let this horse pull your thumbs off. Right. So that I think is the worst element of fear right now is that i don't believe that that uh that virginia is a an effective villain because she's completely unbelievable as a villain this the actor or the character the the character okay like uh, she's like a spoiled girl who who went through too many like teddy roosevelt fantasy camps or something and I don't understand her whole deal. <laughs> that took a second to set in, but oh, that's genius. I mean, she makes them yeah, all wear the bully hat like, and boy. everything. She's like, if she catches you doing something, that's it's like somebody off off camera. She like walks in and sees somebody trying to run away, and then the guy off camera goes, Cue monologue. And she, then she does something like you ever watch potatoes grow? Right. Like what? My brother know. was a potato fisherman in Montana. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then she gets around to it. And the person she's talking to is like, what is your point? She's like, I'm just saying dogs are great. She le- legitimately <laughs> in the last episode, somebody was just like, I think I'd rather just shoot myself in the head than then yes. listen to you talk anymore yes. <laughs> virginia you're not good at this like like it's this what this woman just goes to cap herself and she's like but i'm not done asking questions oh uh, oops <laughs> well and, and yeah, on top of that it's i still don't have a firm idea of what this little society of theirs really looks like they're building a future that looks like a, I don't know. Except that it's it's the same evil society thing that The Walking Dead trotted out for us every single solitary time. And Fear the Walking Dead for, did for its first few seasons, which is our heroes come across a bastion of civilization, which is run by evil people who are doing evil things and our heroes must fight to take it down. And it got boring on the regular show. It's not any more exciting on fear of the walking dead. It, it, every it, mm, mm, mm. there's always, there's always a civilization. It's always run by a maniac. And we always spend the whole 95 seasons wondering when the hell or how the hell this one's going to die. Cause this one's going to die. Yeah. Well, and then, okay. Okay. All right. So let's back up and do like just a little bullet point of each thing we've come across recently. Cause um, Morgan had that little adventure. Oh no. First, first, first Al and, and Dwight had the weird skyscraper adventure. 
where right. they, they they met the bubonic plague in a in a in a skyscraper, and Al was gonna was gonna go off with her with her lesbian helicopter buddy, but then decided not to. For for because she didn't want to leave the show because Maggie Grace is great. Well, she didn't want to leave Dwight behind. And also, very likely, she was exposed to bubonic plague as well, yeah. which is a really bad reunion gift. Which True. is, when, when reconnecting with your, with your lost love, don't bring the plague, okay? It's just a suggestion. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying you probably shouldn't. They won't thank you later. And then, um, and then we Sherry's alive. We find out that episode, mm-hmm. and has uh, and and Dwight and Sherry have a great reunion at the end, and leads into a really good set piece. The whole like resistance against Virginia mm-hmm. set piece. We still don't know what Virginia's whole deal is, why she's the thing, but at least we know there's a resistance. And uh, so Sherry's like really up in it, and uh, wants to be a part of it, and Dwight wants to be a part of it to be with sherry and and then sherry decides or dwight decides they shouldn't kill because morgan showed back up and morgan's on don't kill unless we've got it what's his moral code now um you know on the scale of crazy to pacifist um morgan's at about probably a 5.5 uh, he's in the the kill if only if necessary range, which I think I, there's a moment where Morgan says, "I have been so many different people since this began. Uh, I don't. I've been at least sixteen different people since this began. I threw my remote across the room. I was just like, <laughs> oh, just chef's kiss to that. We all know, you know, Morgan's crazy." But you like, know that, that that line wasn't in the script. He just said that on the set. That would be hilarious. That's actually, so, that's not, that's not him actually going, you know, that's, that's him, him telling him to do something and him going, I have been 16 different people on this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, digital, digital, it's digital. They're, ta- they're taping it digitally. Why turn it off? Right. You just let it go. So, so. Morgan and Al and white and all the plague babies go back to the lake. That's not a lake. I think that's the last we saw of them. Right. Um, at this point. Yes. Because, yeah. because Sherry is going to continue to fight against Virginia. Uh, but she understands how, how Dwight can, doesn't going to do it. And Dwight leaves her a note this time. Yes. Point, you know, so, so, uh, and then we had the John Dory episode, which honestly I think was probably, except for the fact that it did. Well, I, I go back and forth, but I loved the John Dory episode where he was investigating the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very Chinatown to me. I thought that was a pretty good episode too, actually. Well, yeah. what, what's interesting about that episode is that it shows how, despite. Virginia being a villain, which doesn't make, who doesn't make a lot of sense. She's put our characters into interesting positions of power and then relied on who they actually are to make that work to her advantage because he's an honorable guy put in a position where he's asked to act like an honorable guy. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, for him to not go down the path that she's put him on would be for him to betray his own sense of right and wrong. And I thought that was, 
it worked really well in this episode for him because he's so tormented. Right. And, and, and one thing that works really well in this show is when John Dory has a conundrum. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> um, and I really liked how uh, there was no, solu- like we didn't get a solution. Like, like we don't find out who the real murderer is. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, a scapegoat and John is disillusioned not only by his own skills as an investigator, but by the fact that, that he wasn't able to, you know, in a coming episode, we're we're going to get the previously on fear, the walking dead. And they're going to show just three seconds tops of, uh, of that, of him looking at that piece of pocket knife going, Hmm. You know, and then in that episode, we're going to find out who has that. That's because that's how they project everything that's going to happen. This guy's going to be in it because he was in it before. This guy's going to be in it because he was in it before. Look, see, there he is. That's how they do it. Yeah. And then I think that uh, the June and uh, and Virginia episode at the at the old well at the the uh uh tank town tank town was interesting in a way i'm i just that was the last one i watched before we started recording so i'm still kind of processing it Mm -hmm. uh especially the ending um so i don't i don't know how i feel about it yet right Uh, because okay, well, we were witnessing we were witnessing her her at the end of that episode we witnessed her uh, disassembly basically she was utterly powerless right, right? and then the next episode she's still kind of running things and I'm like what well I don't that I haven't watched the next episode yet, oh okay so. mm. uh, <laughs> my thing my thing was more the you know the June doing that complete 180 and not going, deciding she does not want to try and escape with John Dory. Oh yeah. Uh, just because, and I, and he warns her at the end, like, you know, she's going to manipulate you. She's going to manipulate you by thinking you're getting what you want when you're just not, you're just not getting it. All she had to do was take that woman's head and she could have put that hospital wherever she wanted to. Right. Don't or let to- her, yeah. Let her die. You know, that was another one of those moments. The, But, but you know, you have to, I guess, I felt that was actually really good and accurate for June's character because June is such a, a caregiver and she's a nurse and she you know, believes in saving people if they can be saved. And And how old is she? Is she 22 or 47? Who? June? Virginia. Oh, Oh, God, I have no idea. Hmm. I'd say she's supposed to be in her late 20s, early 30s. From what I can tell. I mean, her sister, we've seen her sister who's a teenager. So, you know, I mean, there's obviously age differences between families can be you know, siblings can be quite a bit, but I don't think she can't be more than mid thirties. Um, that episode also gives her telling 
June that there's a bigger threat out there and that that's what this is all about. This is everything she does is to prepare for this bigger threat. But that made me look back at everything she's done. And I still don't understand how that's working. Right. And, and I don't feel like she's known that this bigger threat has existed long enough to be making these decisions the way she's been making them. I think the only threat that she has is, is everyone else. Right. Well, except for these people who will, who apparently will follow her anywhere, despite the fact that's because she gives them permission to fuck their wives or whatever she does. Uh, You know, she's got everybody wrapped around her little finger. I'm saying, let the horse take the finger. Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. Okay. And, and there is something to be said when you've got a character like Negan, who is ruling through fear and he's tough. He will, you know, if you challenge him, he will fight you and he will, you know, he, he won again and again and again. You have someone like the governor. Though, right. Huh? Now, nowadays, well, not really. Yeah, now I, he runs the ice cream shop. Right. <laughs> and but, and then you have someone like the governor who he played a part in front of his followers. I mean, he was he was who he was when the doors were closed behind him was completely different than the than the facade that he wore in front of anybody. You know, and was, he was a good metaphor for a part of our society, right? I mean, I think he and like. Yeah, there's a, I, there's a demagogue in there. There's a, there's, there's a certain, but it was, of course, it was before all of, you know, 2016. So, yeah. and I kind of feel like that's what they're trying to do with Virginia too. It's like, you know, here she is this, you know, like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm in charge and I have my stuff that I'm doing, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a little, I mean, I, I get that, the character comes across often as very cold and calculating and very, very smart, but it's really, really hard to see at this point, what actual hold she's got over all these people that no one, I mean, we, she hasn't done anything to sell our characters on the rightness of her vision. So if she's done that with everybody else, that's great, but we haven't seen it. Mm -mm. And I think that really gets in the way of making her. And and I think that that's what make makes my my feelings about the last episode where you know June just like it's like okay she said I'd get my hospital so I'm going to go with her even though we you know know she's crazy. You know. The um, only the only thing is is like these people are really leaning into well she's done everything she's said so far. Which is not a great argument to make. It's just, I don't know. It's 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 hard to take. It, yeah, right. It's, you're definitely right. It's well, hard to take her completely seriously as a villain without understanding how she is able to control these people. Yeah. Got me, man. But the performances are again really, really good. Um, I'm much more interested in what Fear of the Walking Dead is doing this season than last season. And Morgan is actually working better as a character this season, mm-hmm. um, which is not hard. Build something. He's trying to build something and make it work. We've got a place. We all can go to that place. Got to, got to, everybody's got to go to the place and the place doesn't work. 
do right. I do wish we were seeing more of Strand being the manipulator. And I get uh, we're, we're hearing about Strand being the manipulator. You know, I'm I was really not seeing it. Do you know the do, have you ever seen Team America World Police? Yes. Yeah. And well, do you know you know the guy who who uh he comes up comes up to the actor one and he's like, Come on in here, Gary, I'm gonna suck your dick. Or whatever he does, you know. Remember? No, it's been a year since I've seen that movie. God damn it. It would really help me out if you could remember that guy's voice because that is the voice that we get from that dude in Fear the Walking Dead. I forget his name. Strand the Strand, Strand, yeah. right. That's his voice. He's like, I'm gonna try to figure all this out. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. I, I'm going I'm I'm dark and manipulative and I'm gonna do a thing. It helps that I'm very good looking and talk like this. But the thing is, is we're not seeing him do that. And that was one of the pleasures of the character in in earlier seasons is when he's playing the game, when he's doing the manipulation, where he's sidling up to the villain and you actually end up wondering whether or not this time Strand really is going to betray our heroes because it's questionable. And since day one, he's been awful. Well, and, and, and giving him an giving him the arc where he he tr- uses his evil powers for good yeah. is fine, but now we're in a situation where we should really be seeing him using those evil powers for good, and we're really not getting that. Well, not yet anyway. Well, Gary put too much sugar in Phil's coffee, so now Phil's fucking Gary because he doesn't like Gary's plot points. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's it, I, I like I like focusing on these characters in this way, and I like the fact that we're seeing our characters moving towards a goal. But honestly, that's six episodes into this season, and we're very very quickly moving to right back where we were. Right. I'm glad though. I I am glad that they brought back the plague babies. Like, you know, I was like, when, when they're like, oh, wait, we're leading all the plague babies out of the skyscraper. And then, then you know, we went on to another storyline or whatever. And then we had this whole, like, Sherry's the terrorist and, you know, she's going <laughs> to kill Virginia. And then, and then what they found it, they like opened up the back of a truck and all the plague babies were there. <laughs> I liked that a lot. Like, oh, we, uh, we made sure not to forget all you guys. Put you in the back of a truck, probably for a couple of days. But, you know, well, they're they're like the kids, they're like, not in Texas anymore. <laughs> they're like the kids from the previous season, Dustin. Yeah. Well, and and there's, and I love how they're going to bring it back to that lake that's not a lake, and that lady, that that lady and her baby who's just like living in a burnt out hovel. <laughs> like, you know, all right, now build stuff that you guys, we're going to go do other stuff. You guys build while we, uh, I don't know, figure out what Virginia's whole deal is or whatever. Well, but then it <laughs> also calls into question exactly where these things are again. And we're right back to the Walking Dead universe's problem with space and time. Because if they are so close that our characters can actually have these interactions and move around as much as they are and still get back to Virginia's territory... 
how far away can this be that it's going to be undiscovered? Right. Well, like I said, when they first were like, it used to be a lake, but now it's broken and now it's not a lake anymore. It's like, yeah, that's only that's only helpful until somebody is like, hey, we need some more water. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a certain amount of um, sure, okay, that you kind of have to do with this storyline. But I do like the fact that we do have some other sets of villains here who apparently are clever enough or cruel enough, to be honest, to sit there and go, yeah, the solution to solving our problems is let's release plague rats. I mean, that's some evil villainy right there. Leave whatever yeah. Virginia's is doing aside. We got somebody out there who's going, how do I solve my problem? Ooh, bubonic plague. Yes, that's where I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Black Death. That's going to be my solution to the problem. And I really like that throwaway thing this last episode where, like, somebody taped razor blades to a walker's figures. And I was like, what? Somebody did what to what? That's that's new. There's interesting things happening. I like the. It's not really an anthology series right now because it's the same characters and where things are crossing over and it's one big story, but this more broken up, you know, I would actually like to see an episode with Luciana in it where she's not a background character because she's in the episode with June. Right. I recall seeing her. I cannot recall if she had dialogue. She was covered in black tar. Was it the same actress playing her or was she yes. actually a, a, a stunt double underneath the tar? Because he was there and the tar was there, which has basically been her, her character since they discovered they could make Gasly. Why do you suppose, why do you suppose Virginia doesn't let people leave? If they want to. This would explain require explaining what Virginia's plan is. Son of a bit. I got caught in it again asking questions. Oh my God. Uh, the, the, prob- the problem is, is that it's a valid question. And they're really, that they have not given us an answer. Been my problem. <laughs> See, I've always thought that's always been like the thing about cults or whatever, like the whole like, oh, you can't leave. It's like, I personally, if I was going to do it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I mean, if you want to go and wander around in zombie times and, you know, to deal with those guys, go ahead. I'll, I'll be here in my fortified walled city that I that I made. It's- Everybody must love each other or face the consequences. It you makes can never leave. Sense. And if I hug you, you have to wait for me to stop. <laughs> It still makes more sense than the whisperers. Oh yeah, which you know, it's not hard, but yeah, no. It's, well, are they trying to start a, some sort of movement where they can just do what they want, and not have to explain any of it? I don't know. Well, and the funny thing is, is that like June even asks this question this episode. She's like, "I don't understand Virginia's deal. Like, there are so many settlements, and they are so spread out." Why is she doing it this way? 
you know, because that was one of the big problems with the, de- the decision to build a hospital or to ask for a hospital. So there are too many s- settlements. And there too many, if somebody got sick, they'd, the escort to get them to the hospital was was not, you know, uh, necessarily going to work. Well, the, the number of people who are actually involved in Virginia's militia seems to be awfully small to be running this much territory. Yeah. And again, we come back to exactly what hold Virginia actually has. I mean, aside from the threat of violence, but there, it seems like she's in constant danger of being overrun by somebody who's got more power. Morgan and company and John Dory and June and Al and all these people were almost those folks and they aren't that many people there. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's, well, I mean, that goes back into the whole last season. It's like, why Why did Virginia even give a flying fuck about these people? Like, why what? Why did she decide she needed to chase down Morgan and his piddly-ass little group? Why not just leave those people alone? Well, why go on a vendetta to try and kill Morgan in the first episode of this season? Why? Why waste the resources of this badass bounty hunter, supposedly, to go after somebody who you left for dead. And quite frankly, if he had not gone after Morgan, Morgan would be dead. Yeah. It's interesting what they're doing with some of these things in terms of giving our characters moments to shine for a whole episode on their own or in a small group. But there's still a lot of questions and some of the same problems we've seen with Fear the Walking Dead before, which is the villains are not as defined as they need to be. And what they're actually giving us while you know might make for some great little acting moments and the villains got a good speech it's hard to say why they're supposed to be so fearsome so i don't know it's better than last season good yeah good i uh, don't care I am enjoying. I am enjoying this show. I'm enjoying the story it's telling. But it, to me, I'm feeling the same frustrations that I did however many years ago when I when I uh, bailed on you guys because I was supposedly doing high quality theater somewhere, yeah. not getting paid very much. Um, I will say that it is it is fun to have you back, not caring because <laughs> it's <laughs> like we. We're all just like, oh, you know, you're just like, I just don't even, we're doing it. We're doing it. Doing it live. You know. Mm. This show is starting to to feel like sex after marriage. It's just like a duty now. It's like, I'm getting, I'm getting nothing from this. Well, you know, Tim and I have been obligated to, to each other for, for several years. We've been doing we've been doing this specific thing for six well, I'm not, years. I'm not suggesting the sex is with you. I mean, with the show. Uh, oh well, I mean, no. Dustin and I have been in a sexless relationship for a very, very long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Okay, folks, that is the first part of us bringing ourselves up to speed on the new seasons of Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead World Beyond. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us not be sure if we're enjoying the shows these seasons this season um or definitely not in the case of walking dead world beyond <laughs> and you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter you can let us know what you think of the, these shows right now 
If you are enjoying Fear the Walking Dead, great. Tell us why. If you're enjoying the world beyond, tell us why, because we're having trouble. And if, you know, hey, if you've got a great reason why you're enjoying it, if you're a younger uh, viewer of the show and it's speaking to you, fantastic. Tell us about it. We'd like to hear it. Maybe you can come on and explain it to us. <laughs> when you know, I hear someone talk about how they love something that I don't, I almost invariably come around to their thinking because it's a better place for my brain to live. And we suspect that we are perhaps not necessarily the audience for this show. But <laughs> we're more than happy to hear from you. And we hope that you've enjoyed hearing from us. We'll do this again on our next episode. Curtis, thank you. Thank you, Tim. And look for my latest audiobook, Scarecrows of Golden County by Jason Krager. Now on Audible, probably, by the time we edit this. I think that's an excellent plug, and I'm all on board for that. And thank you, Dustin. And I'm glad to see you're feeling better. Thank you, Tim. I, I am glad to also be alive. That's a win. Yes. You are the champion. Of living, of living through two weeks. <laughs> well, the alternative is not one we enjoy the thought of, so we're glad you're getting better. All right, folks, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.